Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of tequila, the show of tradition, but mostly a show about the Himador. Today I sit down with Jose Cortez of Casa Juradora to talk about his life in tequila, his father being a Himador, his grandfather being a Himador, and what that life entails, the wages, the lifestyle, the opportunity, and how Jose broke past what we may consider boundaries and went to school, learned English, and now is at the center of the VIP and trade program for Casa Jorador. And he travels all over the place talking about this tequila. We sip a few and we talk about his incredible life. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Jose Cortez. Well, you know, um, I was born from a from a himador. Yeah. My father was himador. My father's name uh, was Jesus Cortez. He was a himador ever since he was 15 years old. Mm. So when I was born, um, I was very close to my father. So it's me and two brothers more. Mm -hmm. But my other two brothers didn't want to follow my father. So ever since I was a kid, when I was five years old, I used to see my father standing and waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, prepare, you know, uh, the things and the mm -hmm. koa, put the koa always on the left, right, on the, on the left hand, always on the left hand. Really? I it's, didn't know. I didn't know why. Yeah, yeah. So once I asked, Father, how come you always carry your koa in your back on your left? And he told me, when I was five or six, he told me, you will see why. Yeah. So once I was with my father, you know, I used to bring something in my hand always because I'm right. I'm right-handed. Uh -huh. Was he so right-handed as well? He was right-handed, okay. but he carried everything on his left. And then one day I was with him because I always go with my father to the fields to see, watching his. Yeah. He was harvesting. So one I was with my father, I was carrying something, something I don't remember what, with something with water. Mm -hmm. So I was, and I, 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 I mean, stumble and fall. And then when I fall, I didn't, I, I, put, I didn't protect myself because my right hand was, so I hit oh. my head. So he said, that's why. <laughs> Since you are right, you have to be always, your hand, right hand always free. Okay. Oh, no, I got it. So I used to, <laughs> I used to remember that. And everything I carry, something I carry in my left hand. Because yeah. I had to have free my right hand in order to protect myself. So I, I, I love this because when I was five or six, I used to go with my father. My two brothers, they said, no, I don't want to go. Yeah. So I used to go, my father... He used to get some uh, dry grass and put something like a bed close to the agave plants mm -hmm. and stay there, sleep. He started harvesting when it was 5.30 in the morning. And I used to, I used to remember, I remember, close my eyes, see my fire silhouette harvesting because they have to harvest early in the morning ah. to avoid the sunlight. So I still remember the, when the quack cuts the, the, the leaves and shoo, shoo, that sound and I see my father and so... I'm in love with that because I, I saw my father working and he was a very hard, he was a very yeah. hard worker. Pr proud as well, I imagine. Yeah. So I started growing up and I said, I want to learn how to harvest. 
So I had to wait till when I was 12 or 13 mm-hmm. in order to, to start harvesting. So after when I was 18, 20 on fields, I realized that being a himador, it's uh, very hard, it's very difficult, yeah. and it's very dangerous. With dangerous because, of course, you're wielding a very sharp the tool, item, right? The koa is, weighs about at least 12 pounds. 12? About 12 okay, pounds. Okay. And if you hit, hit your leg, uh-huh. you just cut it like this. Straight through. Not only the, the leg, but everything. But himador, the koa is part of a himador, you know? Mm-hmm. El himador always takes care of his koa very, I mean, his koa because uh, when you harvest agave, it's not about strength. It's about a skill. It's mm-hmm. about precision. Precision, and every time you you cut, it must be well done, so you won't repeat it. So I also wrote this uh, this uh, saying, mm. and you can see it in my emails. I sent an email to you. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. On the bottom of the email says, "If the agave plant is the heart of tequila, then el jimador." Is the soul of tequila. Oh, wow, yeah. Because el jimador, I mean, el jimador and the agave and the coa are three together. Mm-hmm. I saw that with my father. And it, what do you, because your brothers didn't want to They didn't want to what, follow. What was different for you? Is it the way that you could spend time with your father, the way that he appreciated his work, things like that, that you maybe idolized? Uh, the first time I saw my father, I remember, I was on. I, I went with my father on fields. I I love you know being on fields in the morning. Yeah. And then I I, I still remember the sounds of the birds, you know, sure. the waking up in the morning. And then I I also remember something very nice because every time I went, the himadores always have breakfast at nine a.m. in the morning. Uh-huh. So by the time they they start at six and three hours later they stop. They get the, the dry pricking lips and they start a fire. Uh-huh. Then I still remember the smell of the tortilla taco in the in the in the you know in the broil. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, this this thing is beautiful because you are on fields. You have to work hard from uh, five hours, four hours, five hours in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you get free. Yeah. So, so e- evening is free to do what you will. What right? you want. Yeah. So that's what I love about it. My father said. And my father wanted to wanted me to be a himador always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stopped being a himador when I was, what, uh, 35. Oh, really? How many uh, years ago was that? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 56. So almost 20 years? Yeah. Just over 20 years? More than 20 years. And my father said once, I told my father, I was on field, and, and, and I, want, I told him that I wanted to have a career. Mm-hmm. I wanted to study something. He said, ah, no, 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 don't study. Keep being a himador. You will be good. You will. It will be great. You 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 retire as a himador. Yeah. And I didn't pay attention to that. So I have. I, I wanted to go to to the university to study. So yeah. I moved to, and I studied too. Where did and you study? Uh, communications. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um and my father at the beginning he was upset. He was angry yeah. about it. So once when I was studying and, and coming back to the fields every every now and then he said you know, no matter what you will. End your life being a himador. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? Well, I don't know. And it's, it was true because 
I've been a Himalayan. I mean, for more at least ten years, I've been coming everywhere here in USA and everywhere yeah. to harvest agave. So you if never, I, you can't if leave I, it. Yeah, yeah, you can't leave it. He <laughs> said that you will end your life, and it's it's true, you know. Yeah. And I say, well, I'm not gonna harvest anymore. I mean, on field because I have. I I'm now moving to the distillery in Casaradura, and I'm in the the process. Yeah. And then he, he was he was right because after all, I, I now every time I come here or go everywhere. I have to go and show how to harvest. Yeah. So I mean, he, he, yeah. he, he was right. <laughs> it's when you were pursuing communications, did it make you think about doing something even not larger and more important? That's not the right word, but something more worldly, maybe moving to the States. What kind mm. of opportunities did you see that giving you? When I was starting, I, I, I used to, I, I, I wanted to be on, on radio. Oh, okay. And radio. This is, this is. Talk about this. <laughs> yeah. But in order to talk about sports, yeah. but in order to talk about tequila, uh-huh. in order to talk about the, 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 the job of himadores, yeah. right? Different things. I wanted to tell people a lot of histories, a lot of stories, a lot of things about yeah. it. But most thing, more about this, everywhere I go, I always talk about the, the himadores, the people on fields, you know, yeah. because I come, I'm coming from fields. No? Well, and you ha- in a sense, you have this rare opportunity to be from the fields, but leaving and being able to communicate. I mean, to tell people. learning eight English is a massive benefit too. That's right. Your audience and everything. And in, order, yeah, in order to be, I have to study English. I have to yeah. spend more than three years of my life every day in Guadalajara City, every afternoon. After I, I harvest, I used to go to Guadalajara uh-huh. to, to learn English. It was not that easy for me. Wow. But well, after all, I've been practicing, so that's why now I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's... It allows you to connect with so many more people, you know? Yes. One of the things that's kind of come up recently is, we were talking about this before mm-hmm. I started recording, but we look at the bottles at tequila or mezcal, and we don't always know what the human cost that's is, right. right? And I don't know if you know David Searle, but he's a he's a really brilliant restaurateur out of Philadelphia, and he works with Chava at Cascoin, and he brings mm-hmm. in Siembrazo and some other tequilas but he posted something that said you know you think about the cost of the liquid sure you think about the cost of the bottle sure but do you think about the cost of the wage of the himador and you don't and to know that there's so much pride in that work do you feel that in a way the himador they are not recognized the same way that the distillers are and the marketing people are well, um, I think that the, all the distilleries depend on the Himador as a harvester. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not sure about all of the distilleries, but I think that they, they I, I think they, they treat them good. Yeah. Because remember, uh, if there are no Himadores, they cannot produce tequila because there is, there's no right. machine to harvest agave. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the other distillers, but talking about Rodura, Casa Rodura always takes care very well of the employees mm-hmm. because they are the, the the main part of the of the distillery, right? Yeah. So Himadores, I think for Rodura, they are also uh, very important. Uh, so important that they also create tequila El Himador in yeah. his honor of the of the of the harvest, right? You know? right. It's interesting. We, I don't know if you noticed this, but when you're in the states, because you do a lot of education, I think for bartenders and for consumers mm-hmm. for Boradora, there we kind of think we know what's going on 
in the states right we have mm -hmm. our perspective and we it's just outward like whatever these kinds of journalistic thing these news outlets say in the states that's got to be what it is but i'm getting a completely different sense that in your perspective and your history as a hemodolaran and the family they're respected they are paid a good wage and they have opportunity for growth that's pretty accurate it sounds like yes it's, it's like that you know because uh, the himador nowadays back in time i'm taking i'm telling you about four 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 years 50 years yeah. himadors were not recognized that good yeah but nowadays just because uh you know uh el himador it's uh we works uh five days a week mm -hmm. and the payment he gets is good to be living in our area yeah so being a himador is well paid i mean I wish they could pay more, right? Because everyone's <laughs> more, right? But being a himador is a well pay. I mean, if you were on field and you do something else on field yeah. that is not a himador, you don't you don't you don't get that much. Ah. But when you're a himador, is is more because oh, but, but being a himador is not that easy. You know, it's not yeah. that easy. So being a himador on fields now is is I'm not saying that it's great pay, but it's well pay because because yeah. uh, I know how much they they make and that is good money to be living in the place we are at yeah. now. No, and I think that's that's the insight. And I think that's the thing that I, I mm -hmm. want people to realize. It's always very relative. You know, mm -hmm. dollar here is not the same as It's not the same, right? I got it, yes. You know, and that's, mm -hmm. you gotta kind of translate that mm -hmm. a little bit. So you go off to school so that you can really tell stories, share stories. That's right. Did you ever end up having a radio show? I, I've been in radio in Guadalajara, in Mexico, and I was also in England in, oh, a, no. radio, in a radio. Where in England? Uh, in Londres. Uh, in London, I was, uh, I have this information. I was in, with this guy, very famous guy in London. Uh -huh. So I was in, in an interview with him in, in, in England. And I've been telling people everywhere, you know. So that's why I, when I was uh, thinking about starting something, I said, have to do to study something in order to to, to tell people yeah. so the best way is the best career was communications you know yeah so that's why i've been everywhere you know talking and telling people uh in order to 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 transfer what what i feel about tequila what that's i feel true. about himadores what i feel about my place i feel about agave plants and the fields you know yeah you travel around you get to connect with people do you like, I always, you know, because we were talking about music, right? So I would yeah. be touring and sometimes I was a singer, sometimes a guitar player or whatever, right? Yes. I like the attention. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the education piece, connecting with people, yes. being in front of a crowd and kind of? Yes, I love being in front of a crowd. Yeah, you know, I've been in different TV programs here in the USA, really? New York, in, uh, in, in Texas, sure. in California. And every time I'm in front of the camera in a TV program, they say, and, and you're afraid with cameras? No, I, I feel comfortable. Yeah. I like being, uh, being uh, getting the attention of persons. Uh, mm -hmm. So every time in a, in a room with a lot of persons, I feel comfortable. Yeah. I feel comfortable because, first of all, because I tell the truth. Yeah, sure. Nothing to hide, right? No. And secondly, because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And third, first because i'm proud I, i'm proud about what i'm i'm doing and what i'm saying now how many years now have you been working with Corredora? uh here in this in this area mm -hmm. it's been there for about 20 years 20 years but ever since i was a kid when yeah. i was since i was born there 
yeah. in their town, which is name is Amatitan. It's very Amatitan. close. Mm-hmm. You're already been close. So I used to go to Herradura when I was a kid to see my father over there, and I used to go and play. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, I wanted to get inside in order to be working, you know, different play areas or whatever. So we are people in Amatitan. We are very related with Herradura. No, Herradura is one of the Casaradura is one of the still is that give more jobs for families than any other because that's that's the the biggest tequila company uh all around when did you make what because this is a senior role what i'd consider you know you're you tequila expert for one so you've pursued that and your ability to be able to to your point you know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about Mm -hmm. you know and it's pride and that's good that's right but this senior role where you're traveling and this is about how, how how did that come about when you, in a sense, got promoted to this more global and this more visible role? Well, uh, you know, when uh, Brown for my book uh, got Grasa Radura back in the year 2007, mm-hmm. so two years later, in 2009, they told to my manager, you know, we need a person that is, uh, knows about the process, knows about harvesting, mm-hmm. or being a harvester, and know talk and uh, speak English, so my manager knew. Oh, this guy, <laughs> I was there. So they told me, "You want to travel? You are going to go." And at the beginning, I used to go and harvest gabe. Yeah, but then I started. You know, uh, since I've been studying a lot about the process, the history, the gabe plan, and everything. Mm-hmm. So there is this. Uh, I don't know how to say in English. There is this. Uh, uh, Association, let's say association, ah, yeah, okay. which name is uh, uh, capacitation, culture and capacitation about tequila. Mm-hmm. So this is the only organization all around the world that is uh, allowed to to grant with this grant to to release kind of like a tequila degree in ex- a way, right? A tequila expert title, you know. So after I, uh, I'll say uh, six years ago. I went to this uh, association. I took my my course for eight days mm-hmm. and my final test, and I passed it. And I got you got your degree. Oh, that's you got great. your degree. I have my degree in my house. Yeah, and then you have uh, you are registered all around the world. You are tequila expert. That's a registered uh, mark. Yeah, I mean, nobody else can do it. I know a lot of persons know about tequila. A lot sure, of persons sure. they are. Yeah, of course. But I'm telling you because uh, this is a. Uh, this association is the one that is registered as the one that released yeah. tequila expert titles. So I became a tequila expert because I've been studying a lot about the mm. not only the tequila process, but the tequila history, the agave plant. Only the agave plant has a lot, a lot of information. Sure. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So when you are a tequila expert, you must know everything about the process, the agave, the tasting, the molecular tasting, mm-hmm. the pairing with tequila and everything, you know. I mean, you cannot know everything. but you Because the more you know, the more dubs you know you have, right? That's right. But after all, as a tequila expert, you must, you must know a lot. There's so much. And do you find that traveling around, meeting new people, having new conversations that mm-hmm. you are always learning too? Yeah. Every time, sometimes when I go and talk and new Dubs, new questions because how about this? Oh, now I have to find it out. Uh-huh, exactly. Every time, you know, you have to be learning and learning. Yeah. But again, um, 
I was training, uh, I was talking with a group of persons this morning, and um, some have some some have some questions. Yeah, right? sure. So I have the knowledge to answer any question they have. Yeah. But sometimes there's something that it didn't come to my mind before. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, oh, he's right. So I'm going to find out. Since you already have the, the knowledge, yeah. just know where to, it's which, like way, tweaking it, right? which way yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. not, oh, right. And then after, after some other occasions, you have more, right? You have more information. Absolutely. Well, you, that's the great thing is that one of the, th my girlfriend mentioned she's listened to some of the older podcasts I'd done with people like Carlos Camarena, Tomas Estes, some of these old. Tomas Estes. You yeah. know, great, anyway. great folks. And she's like, you didn't even know what a hijuelo was then. And oh, this yeah. Was years ago. And I'm like, well, really? There was a time where I did But, you know, and you just kind of keep building. And so it got to the point because, you know, I've been a distiller. I have a distiller and all this, too. So I understand the process. But so last night was something that I learned, which I'm still a little, little, I don't know, iffy on. But Carlos said this. He said, well, the reason we use a tahona is because it gently crushes the agave. The reason we don't use a shredder is because when you do that, you crack the cellulose, which thus exposes its ability to create more methanol. So I'm not asking if you agree or not, but this is a this was something now I'm wrapping my head around, and I'm trying to think, can I? How can I prove this? <laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, every time I talk about it, every distillery has its own recipe. Yeah, and every distillery is right. Because they believe in that. That's that's right? great. Yeah, they believe in that. Uh, uh, some use a taona, which is okay, because they think that is the, the a better way to, to 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 squeeze the juice out. Right. right. But some doesn't use the taona because they say it's not that good. So it depends on the distillery. I mean, sure, yeah. after all, every distillery decides which way to go, which which uh, where you know. And not only in the milling, but in every step we take, of right? Of course, the yeast, either natural yeah, yeast, the natural pitch, yeast, or this, whatever, stainless right? Stainless distillation, yeah, there's so, plenty of things. So that's why all of the tequilas are different. That's why every tequila is different, the smell, the flavor, right? Yeah. So it depends on the taste of the persons, right? So Herradura um, is always like that. Herradura is, is being produced in tequila for 150 years, mm. And now we're usually producing the same process. If you've been, you, you haven't been to Herradura before, right? I've not been yet. So if but you go, you will see the, the old distillery still standing, mm -hmm. just about the same. And then they replicate the, 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 almost the same process, but now with more capacity mm -hmm. because they believe in, in that, right? And, and after all, well, we, try, we have these tequilas over here. Yeah, we are going to try them. Yeah. So again, every distillery has the right to, 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 to say that because... Everyone believe in, in their own recipe, right? Right. And we are now saying is that uh, Herodot has been there for 150 years, and uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be there for 150 for 150 years. years, right? Well, so let's talk about because I've I tell you this, and I'll be frank because tequila is good and I enjoy it, but I much prefer mezcal, not for the smoke, but for the different kinds of arrays of flavor. So, what do you think we're going to try one of these marks which do you feel completely captures the essence of the agave that material that you woke up so early in the morning to harvest the smell which of these four because we have the silver the reposado añejo and the ultra which shall we taste which captures the spirit of well if you if um if you ask me yeah. I always uh, I like them all yeah. because after all, 
all of these are produced from the blanco tequila, right? Mm-hmm. Blanco radura. So all of these are going to be the same quality, but they're going to be different because sure. of the timing barrel and the, you know, the the degrees of alcohol or whatever, right? But after all, they come from the blanco radura. Yeah. So if you ask me, I always get, I always kept in my mind this smell of blanco radura because mm-hmm. when I was on field again with my father, ever since I was five or six, back in time they were able to have their bottle of blanco tequila radura. Mm-hmm. So after they harvest for a two or three hours, they stop, have the the bottle, and they have some shots and went back to the yeah. To the, so when I was a kid, I used to go to my father's back and I used to go and sm- smell the bottle. And that smell still remember. I still rem- remember that smell. So mm-hmm. when I when I go and take a bottle of blanco radura and I smell, I go like, go well, back in time 40, 40 years at least, yeah, right? Yeah. So you ask me, I always I always drink most of the time drink blanco. Sure. But again, I love uh, reposado and añejo on those because they come from the same product, but now they are different because sure. the aging time. So you ask me. I always drink blanco most of the time, but all of them are great. Of course, the reposado class is the most is the the the, 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 the class that most people drink all around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about all of the tequilas, the reposado class is the most. Yeah, but then again, uh, añejos now the the new as you know, cristalinos are sure. always now now are very com- uh, becoming very famous and popular. Yeah, it's world, starting so. to pick up a lot of speed in the states. You know, I knew that there was unless I was a Mexico City, Guadalajara, and stuff. It's very, very advertised. And talking about Cristalinos, uh, Radura Ultra, it's uh, it's, uh, it's so great now because, you know, tequila, Radura is, you know, powerful, mm-hmm. a lot of flavor, smell, you know, very, very, com- uh, let's say complex. Even. Sure. And, and Cristalino Ultra is kind of smooth. A little soft. You know, maybe, sweet. You know. And then so sometimes people, they don't drink tequila, say, oh, when they try Radura, say, this is tequila because mm-hmm. they are used to drink something which is kind of more like you know more like uh, spicy if it is a reposado añejo. Yeah. So herradura ultra is kind of smooth, uh, sweet to your mouth. You know, you say this is tequila. Yes, it's tequila because mm. herradura knows that there are some different tastes all around, right? Yeah. So some say I don't want tequila because maybe tequila for them is kind of powerful, mm-hmm. a lot of flavor and spicy. When they drink Radura Ultra, oh, this is great. This tequila is smooth, it's sweet, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's sip yeah. some silver. Yeah, and some silver, all right. Yeah, and we get a couple of veladoras. And let's talk about the process a little bit. Because yes. I know you're also very concerned about sustainability, which is a really important That's yeah, very important, topic, yes. You know? um, this is the Thank you. silver for you. Yes, uh, well, I'll tell you about the process uh, very quick. Uh, First, to produce tequila radura, uh, we always harvest ripe agave, which is about seven years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we cook it in brick and clay ovens. Okay. Steam, Just, steam right? We steam it, yeah. but in brick and clay ovens, right? Yeah. The way we used to ever since they mm-hmm. started. And then uh, we squeeze the juice out. Uh-huh. Then we have juices. And then after we have juices, we measure the degrees of sweetness of the juice. Mm-hmm. But when we are milling, we add a little water to get all the juice away. Mm-hmm. So since we are a little water in the milling, this juice is not that sweet. So on close to the uh, juices, we have this other bat which in which we catch the agave honey from the oven. Okay. okay. So you know when the agave is already cooked, mm-hmm. uh, since there are 48 tons in the oven, in the brick and clay oven, they mash 
the gravis from the top match the gravis on the bottom and thicker gravity honey falls in the ovens floor so we have a pipe connected through which we get the gravity honey out mm-hmm. then after we we know how sweet the juices from milling are we know how many liters of agave honey we add to increase the sweetness. So mm, that's hundred percent natural, right? Yeah, okay. And then we ferment all natural. You're really, you're aware of that, yes, right? Right, right. And these are stainless fats, I guess. Yeah. Yes, we depend on the on the environment. Mm-hmm. Then around the fermentation, we have a lot of sweet or citrus fruit trees, such as mango, lime, orange, mm-hmm. mandarin, pomegranate. So those yeast are the, the yeast air, yeah. are always there, and then the yeast consume the sugars of the of the of the uh, juices, mm-hmm. and then produce alcohol. Mm. And then we distill twice, and then we produce blanco. Twice in cone? In uh, pot steel. Pot steel? Yes. Yeah, this might be the fir- man, first time I've had this in a while. This is uh, 40%. It mm. smells fruity. Mm. And the thing is, there's, there's a... And it could be because you told me about the mangoes and stuff. But I remember I was deep into the Sierra Norte in Oaxaca and sipping a mezcal that had the same kinds of fruits going around. Right. And I swear I could taste the fruits, you know, because those are the yeast that are there. And so the, this has this crispness to it. Yeah, but, um, you know, uh, the fruit trees around are for the wild yeast on the air mm-hmm. to consume the sugars, the fruit, and reproduce themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Now, when you taste a flavor or smelling in this, in this case, in this tequila, it's because during the fermentation, not only alcohol is produced, mm-hmm. but during the fermentation, a lot of organic compounds are produced. Sure. Yeah. So Ester. Oh, yeah. Talking about the, the flavor, you know, you, you say, what, what, what do you taste in the, in the what, what flavor you taste, you say? Yeah, well, it's a kind of a crisp thing, maybe a little bit of citrus, maybe. Citrus, yeah. maybe a little... Uh, uh, apple, mm-hmm. banana, sure. banana. Yeah, yeah. So that's due to the esters. The esters are organic compounds that give you those flavors, mm-hmm. right? If we say fruity, fruity might come from the cucagave, might come from the aldehydes, which are another, right. which are another uh, organic compounds, right? So that's kind of a nature place, sure. and it's in the fermentation nature place, you know. Which, and I think that's the exciting thing about tequila and why it remains something that feels so organic. Now, I love whiskey, and, you know, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. But there, it's just a little less life to it. Does that make sense? Like, agave, raicilla, soto, tequila, there's just more texture to it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the open air and fermentation. It, it comes from the air, you know? Well, tequila is... Um I mean, comparing with some other beverages such as whiskey, vodka, brandy, tequila mm. is different due to the raw material, which is the agave plant. It yeah. depends on the raw material, which is coming from, right? Sure. If you say, for instance, um, I don't know, cachaza is another beverage in Michoacan, mm-hmm. which is made yeah. out of can- sugar cane, yeah. right? So it depends on the raw material, it's the way they are. Yeah. So tequila is uh, very different because the Composition of the sugars that the agave producer mm. produces, which is the inulin, mm-hmm. the, the composition is very different, right? Very complex sugar. It's very complex yeah. sugar. Multiple it's type fructose, a lot of fructose, fructose yeah. and just a little glucose. And you see uh, starch from the from the potato. It's a lot of glucose. Yeah, it's really and, just you know. So that's why it's very different. Yeah, it's and it gives its life to the glass. Whereas that's like right, corn gives a season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really not the same that's kinds right. of sacrifice. 
Well, one of the things, this article just came out, and I don't really care who wrote it, to be honest, but it was mentioning how diffusers have such an impact on sustainability and the quality of agave. Because, of course, if you use a diffuser, you know, this material, rather this machine, you can use agave that's really, really young, and it doesn't taste as good, you know? Well, do you guys have a stand? Do you have a... It depends again on the company, on the no. distillery, you know. I mean, the future is not a, 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 a most persons say, ah, it's a bad thing, it's, it's, it's terrible. No, it depends. It depends on the way the company uses the future, sure. you know. And I, the, I've just chatted with Alan from Casadores, mm-hmm. and they use a diffuser, but they use it in a way which I had never heard of before, and it was mostly to cook the agave, not to add acids and things like that. That seems like maybe a more responsible way to use. Again, I I I, I, I cannot talk about somebody else's yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, again, it depends on the distillery, it depends on the company. But again, for instance, for Casadura, Casadura always uh, stays on the on the right. I mean, not right, but on the on the on the green way, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, the sustainability in Casadura is very important. You know, so. Uh, Again, it's I cannot talk about something uh, that the the other distillers do. Sure, sure. You know? sure yeah. But if you use the right, you use the refuser. This is very simple thing. It's just add water and squeeze the, the sugars away. Mm-hmm. You know, and it depends on in, in, in any any company they do depends they do what they do with mm-hmm. the diffuser. You know, so again, it's it's part of the recipe of every distillery. Right, uh, use it or not use it. Use it some way. Use it some other way. You know. Do you think that? Or rather, what have the efforts been for you to make sure that you only use high-quality agave that's appropriately mature? Do you do replanting, reforestation, anything like that for the sustainability aspect? Yes. For instance, uh, they plant baby agaves. They have uh, thousands of hectares all around Jalisco State. They plant it with the agaves, different ages. So every time they harvest... After they harvest, they let the lamb to rest for at least five months. Mm-hmm. So, and after five months, when they cook agave, they squeeze the cook agave juice and they get the pop. Yeah, we have this area in which we send this pop of the matcha agave, tons and tons of pop of matcha agave. Mm-hmm. And then every day we are, you know, with a machine removing the pop. So after five months, that pop becomes a dust, which mm-hmm. is co- which is compost, oh, okay. and we take it to the fields and we fertilize the fields. With that, yeah, and after that, they plant baby agaves. So it's a way to use because so they're cooked because this is after the process after the fermentation. After they take they after they cook, yeah, they they meal, uh-huh. and then they get the pulp, right? The fiber that's of right. matcha agave because that's not going in the ferment anyway. It's just kind of a byproduct, right? Yeah, just getting the, yeah. and then we 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 com- we com- we transform this after five months. We transform this, and just by airing that, we transform it into compost. Yeah. And then we take it to the fields and we fertilize organics with that compost and then we replant baby veg. So Caseradura let the, re- the, 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 the land to rest for at least five months to replant baby agaves. And not only that, but then during the, the process, for instance, in the distillation, after the first distillation, since, cl- since, since pot stills, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. the first distillation, we get the waste, which is called binasa. Uh-huh. So we take binasa to the water treatment plant in Caseradura and then we clean the, we take the solids and everything. And then we clean water and we use it for fields or for restrooms. And also we use the, I mean, we don't throw no pollution to the soils or yeah. the rivers. And also in the second distillation, and then we get the, the you know, the high-grade alcohols and mm-hmm. the tails. 
After yeah. we get the best of the alcohols, then the higher alcohols and tails are sent to the water treatment plant and use it as energy to run it. Oh, no So Casa okay. is always very concerned about the, 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 the environment. Yeah. It's a green company. Is it in, do you feel more people are asking questions about sustainability now than in your career with? Yes, because uh, we have, if we have tours every day in Casa Rodura, tours for people to, yeah. to see the process and everything. And every time a lot of persons, they say, oh, what do you do with the waste? Mm-hmm. So when you go there, if you go there, you see the milling and everything. And then close by, you will see the, the waste treatment plant. So we, we have the waste treatment plant. So people, every time we ask, they ask, we, we show them what we do. Yeah. And then they they are kind of oh, that's great you know because we are we are concerned about the the world and the, the, the you know the, the environment and you are the the consummate tour guide right you're the VIP tour for trade at the distillery or for, more for travel yeah my position in the distillery when I'm not traveling when I'm not doing this uh, things over here I'm there because I have the VIP host for uh, media ah, okay for media and VIP uh, visitors sure. So every time they say, let's say, radio station, let's say TV, a program, yeah. or a VIP uh, guest, I have to be there in order to to answer the questions because uh, sometimes they have a you know, some a lot of persons know a lot of, a lot of tequila, you know. That's right, yeah. So I have to to deal with them in order to answer everything they want to. Mm-hmm. So that's my position, VIP host in uh in uh, in Casa Rodura. Yeah. That may involve drinking tequila you know it's possible yes traveling hosting it can have an effect on your health especially as we get older right and so for you being healthy but also being a good host and drinking responsibly and all that what for you are some things you do to maintain that balance between being healthy and being a very lively host well, yes, we go, you have to be very careful because after all, we we have to use alcohol, right? But you have to be very careful. And you in brown format, we have this uh, this thinking, you know, uh, drink responsibly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so when I am there in the in the in the at the distillery, sometimes I have two or three groups, yeah. very important groups, and every time I have to taste tequila with them, yeah. right? So I have to taste it because I taste it, but every time I taste it's a sip. Because I have to tell them what this is about. Sure. So when I travel, also I I I I'm in a you know in a, some on premises of premises talking about tequila. I have to like now I'm tasting, mm-hmm. so I have to 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 be professional, you know. Yeah. But uh, to be in a good shape and, and to be always uh, kind of healthy, it's part of a. Uh, it depends on the person, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it's uh, I follow some kind of. Uh, I'm not on a diet, of course. But I try not to to drink, uh, you know, too far, too much fat, those yeah. things, right? I'm always, I'm already fifty six, so I, I have to take <laughs> it. I mean, yeah. Even if I'm not doing this, I have to be taking care of myself, right? That's right yeah. So I used to run a lot. I used to run a lot ever since I was fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. But after I've been traveling, <laughs> I don't have it's that tough, time, right? Yeah, I've been, but I have to go. I, I I'm now going back to run every day. Mm. So that's my, that's one of my. My how would I say? I love playing drums. Sure, I love I love being here talking and telling about, and I love running. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but I I I lived that for almost two years, but I'm thinking about well, going back to run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's what I do. I've been doing that for a lot of years. 
So running for me is the best exercise I, I, I can ever do. Sure. When it clears, clears your head too, gives you some perspective. When you are running, you think about a lot of things Absolutely. and then you, you get a lot of ideas, you know. So running is for me the best workout. When you were talking about well, drumming is actually a pretty good workout too, depending. But as a drummer, were you touring? Were you playing? In no, 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 no. Just only for Ever since I was a kid, I used to I used to see these guys on TV playing the drums and oh. the guitars and everything. No, 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 the drums, the drums, <laughs> the drums. So there was a group in my town. There is none that, that disappeared. This group uh, was in my town when I was five or six still, I remember. Oh. This group was, you know, back in the 70s. Sure. No, late in the 60s, because I was born in 64. Oh, wow. Okay. So by, That's a good by year, by 16, the way. Oh, thank you. A lot you. of good records come out that year. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So when I was about six, seven years old, I used to go to these guys in my town. There was a group which, which named was Los Firus. Mm -hmm. So they were the drummer, the guitar, and there, there was a guy with a, I don't know, it was not, it was not piano, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I used to go and see the, 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 the guy, no, no, the drummer. I used to tell this guy, can I hold the, I don't even know how to, how to call the, the, the sticks. Mm -hmm. Can I hold? No, no, <laughs> no. He didn't let me, have, not even once. Yeah. So when I grew up, I have to buy my old drums. I have to pay money and uh -huh. every month. So I didn't I, I didn't even ever play a drum. So when I have my drum, I start going in a easy in, in easy rhythm, you know. Yeah, sure. dum, 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 dum. Mm -hmm. And I, it was my first time, so this is me. So I went to a guy to teach me more and yeah. more and more. And now well, I spend hours and hours playing the drums. That's great. Always though. rock music. You know, yeah. rock. You know, is it the '80s? Yeah. What? A, g give me a couple bands you really liked from the. 80s. Ooh, from the '80s, it's a lot. You know, Van Halen. Oh yeah. Rod Stewart. One of one that I love is Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I love Bruce course, Springsteen, yeah. and uh, you know, um, yeah. What else? Scorpions and. Uh, big. Uh, this this group, which is very famous, but it's not a outfield. You know, outfield. outfield? Yes, yeah, I, sure. I bought that record when I was uh, back in the eighties. Outfield. Yeah, that was great. And a lot of awesome. great bands from the eighties, you know, and yeah. singers too. Totally. Well, that's you know, that's when I was born in the eighties. So for me, that's like the most important generation. I think of music. So. I think it influences a lot the way we think about creativity, the way we think about each other too. You know, it's three generations, but it's possible it's going to become fourth, fourth generation. Is it a similar story with your son? Because you've got two kids, right? It's my son and my daughter. Okay. My son is already married. Oh. My son is almost, almost 16. Yeah. yeah, my son knows everything about my father. I talked, I told him everything. He, he met my father, yeah. met my son, and my son met my father. And he knows about everything. When he was about nine years old, he told me to, to, to make a, a small call for him. I, I, I made it for him. Mm -hmm. But now he's 16. He's as tall as me and he's kind of strong. Mm -hmm. So he knows everything about the, the story of my father and my grandfather. So he now has that feeling too. Yeah. He wants to he wants to go to the fields to harvest already. No, 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 not yet, not yet. <laughs> he doesn't know what is about yeah. here on fields. But he knows everything about he he has the feeling, you know, mm -hmm. thank God. The passion. Because sometimes they say, no, I don't want to. I want to do something else. Right, right. right. Uh, he has a passion. So he, he wants to harvest. But the sad thing is that I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to harvest, but I'm going to start a career just like me. Mm -hmm. 
Like, that repeats. It's a good, it, yeah. but that's a great balance, right? Yeah. To he's, do it and to learn about it. Those he wants, his name is Jose Gabriel, mm -hmm. like me, Jose Gabriel Cortez. He wants to study medicine. Oh, wow. All right. So, well, maybe the knife and the tool, I mean, the quad, <laughs> uh -huh. some relation, right? <laughs> <laughs> the scalpel. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, he, he's always on the on the you know computer watching yeah. everything that the, you know when they uh, the, the doctors yeah. the, you know the surgeries and whatever and he said uh, I don't want to see that. oh it's beautiful oh, that's why you like the quad because you want to cut <laughs> precision <laughs> I think so so Jose I have two questions left for you because I know you guys have got more things to do here in Austin so the first is you could sip let's say the Rodera silver with any anybody living or deceased who would you love to just sit and have a sip of tequila with who do i love to be sitting with? yeah it could be bruce springsteen could be mark Knopfler, no. you know no i didn't have the chance to have a tequila with my father oh wow didn't have a chance he died when back in uh the year of 2011. Mm -hmm. of course by the time he was 80 years old he was very healthy but yeah. he was sleeping and he didn't wake up anymore so if you ask me that, I would love to have a shot with my father yeah. on the field. Nobody else. Yeah. It's I amazing. would love to. I would love to. It seems very fitting. Yes. A beautiful metaphor. You know, that's, that's funny because they asked me three times before they asked me that question. No would, you like to, yeah, would you like to have a shot with someone? Yeah. And they say, whom? Someone would say, my father. Yeah. I didn't have the chance because by the time he was old, he didn't drink. Mm. And I was, I, 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 I had some shots yeah. sometimes. So there is this uh, custom in Mexico. You are not supposed to be drinking at the same time with your father. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's, it's not right. Oh. I mean, drinking when you drink a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I saw my father drinking and he, he was so so strong so brave yeah he back in time you know we're talking about the 60s 50s uh, 70s right right the, he was young he used to drink and come harvest he was a very very tough guy yeah and i said well i use i wish i could be like him i'm not not that much yeah. no not not this close but yes yeah. if i had a chance i dream about with my father and me in one house this is a house I'm building in, on the fields, mm -hmm. in the house, in this afternoon, and saying cheers. Yes, Only one yes. shot to, to talk about the, the life we, we live and everything. Of course. It would be him. It would be him. To celebrate. So you guys are off to, I believe, a dinner this evening. And yes. Some, a little bit outside of Austin. What can we expect from going to one of these dinners where you're hosting? We are going to have a tasting and a Dinner tasting, tequila tasting, tequila dinner. Yeah, well, most of the time when we uh, go and do these things, first of all, we are we appreciate people to come. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, that's important, and we try to tell people what tequila is about mm -hmm. and the what tequila is also about. You know, so a lot of every I've been doing this for almost ten years, yeah. and every time we we talk about. A lot of persons are very interested because they, 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 they know tequila, but they say, where is coming from? Yeah, right. So we tell them, so there is a lot of things, a lot of things happens before you drink a shot of tequila. Absolutely. So we tell them, and we, we don't want to say, oh, this is the process, we harvest it. No, no, we tell them what this is, 
where did it, where did it, what did it cause to yeah. to produce a bottle of tequila? You know, so uh, a lot of persons, people is very interesting when we start talking. You know, because uh, so you, if you show there, uh, you will you will you will see. love it. Yeah, you know, I'm you sure. will see it. Well, this is good. It's been such a pleasure. I'm glad Isaac introduced us and that you're in town. You're not in Austin very often, from what I understand. So it's really been a pleasure chatting with you, sipping some tequila and talking about your life. I will see you soon in Amatatan. Thank you very much. I'll see you there, all right? I hope it's going to be soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there we have it. What do you guys think of Jose? A made man, you know? He saw opportunity by going to school. He saw opportunity by learning the English language, learning business, and now has this great role with Hurador, where he travels around, even mastering his tequila knowledge and being acknowledged as someone very, very accredited in the industry of agave. You know, regrettably, I haven't had a lot of himarors that have come into town, and I haven't went to interview them in the fields, and I want to bring more of that story to the forefront. I think we kind of forget sometimes that this plant... (laughs) was harvested by somebody that was out in the field. And we finally get a little bit of detail as to what that life is like with Jose talking about his father. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how disappointed you are in the Weller foolproof release, or if you're thinking, man, the holidays are just around the corner. I'm not sure if I have enough time to buy everybody a great gift. Please keep dancing.